14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a dive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7-15. There's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry Aaron. From the Tanglewood Studios on the Baseball 101 Network, this is the Baseball 101 Go Six Podcast. Welcome to the show. Glad to be with you this week on the Go Six Podcast. Uh, back in the Tanglewood studio. Wasn't sure if I would get back here to be able to do this and was thinking about doing it uh, remotely with a different microphone on my phone, but glad to be back here and uh, working on this week's episode 10 of the Go Six podcast. And um, so my daily routine is typically I'll get up in the morning and I'll make a schedule for myself. Some of that schedule includes working on this podcast. Some includes working on some things for our baseball program. Um, And typically it includes a workout of some kind and a few various things, but one thing it hasn't included since this health crisis began, uh, or I should say about a week into the health crisis, I stopped listening, watching news altogether. I was just completely tired of it. It was very negative. It was depressing. Um, it really put me in, in a bad state. So I avoided news, tried to stay positive, tried to make sure every morning that I, my feet hit the floor when I woke up, I was trying to positively affect other people and not worrying too much about how I was feeling. But uh, last night, my wife had the news on around 5 o'clock, and I said, well, I'll take a look. And surprisingly, there was some good news. Uh, It seemed like the curve was flattening or is flattening a little bit, and it seemed like uh, there may be Uh, some return to some kind of normal soon. It won't be the same normal as before, but it'll be coming hopefully soon. But here's the problem. The problem is that a lot of people now think that we're doing well and they're getting anxious, both because many are out of work, but many are just bored and tired of not being able to socialize. And I fear that we're going to have a lot of people who go out and think everything is fine and get back to normal the way it was, and it's, it's not going to be that way. And if it does, if people do treat it that way, we're going to be right back to square one, especially in the fall when they say this thing could recur. So we need people to be mentally tough. I mentioned this before in an earlier podcast. We need them to be mentally tough, mentally strong enough to keep themselves busy, reshape their lives, be creative, do some things while you can still be in isolation, social distance, those kinds of things. Uh, We need them to be selfless and not selfish, and we need to hang in here for probably at least another month, in my opinion, just based on information I see and hear, uh, before we can even think about resuming some kind of normal activity. So did hear some positive things or see some positive things on the news last night that got me fired up for this week. Um, One thing uh, later this week, and it's not baseball-related, but the NFL draft is Thursday, and that's going to be great. That's going to be great because it's 
a meaningful sporting event. And while it's not competition, it's a meaningful sporting event, one of which we really haven't had in more than a month. So I think people will be tuned into that keenly. It's going to be done remotely, um, virtually, the draft. So it'll be different. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off. Uh, but it will be very meaningful. Uh, uh, it'll be a very meaningful sporting event with regard to the NFL and um, who gets what teams get what players and how it affects us moving forward. But so I think that's going to be awesome. There's been some several shows on ESPN leading up to the draft. So some decent TV. Another thing that I've been watching actually just to because I'm dying for live anything is show called PD Live, um, and it's actually live looks on several police departments throughout the country. It's actually really live, I think, on Fridays or Saturdays, Fridays and Saturdays, sometimes just Saturdays, but it's really pretty interesting. The guys who host the show are doing it remotely, and it's interesting to see how the first responders, the policemen are out there dealing with people in the communities and, in some cases, getting closer than they would like to these people because they're dealing with certain activities that they have to um, sort of, you know, measure and take care of. So pretty interesting show to watch. Um, And like I said, uh, excited for this week because I think as each week goes by, we get to the end of the week. I think we're doing better with this virus and hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The show for you today, we're going to talk about recruiting, or actually what I call a play in college series, and this is the first part of uh, a play in college series for those players and their parents who would have an interest in playing in college and some of the questions and answers to those uh, things. Um, we'll have Major League Baseball talk, and we'll have the playlist song of the week. And um, we'll continue to go uh, each week here, and hopefully you'll follow, tell a friend, listen, and get something out of it. There's plenty of podcasts now that you can look back and pick and choose what one you might be interested in. There's some short 10-minute podcasts, and there's some longer 30, 40, 50-minute podcasts but hopefully there's something out there for everyone. We will be right back. So today we're going to talk about playing baseball in college and calling it our play in college series, and this is the first segment of it today. But, uh, and we'll talk about today. There's a lot to cover in recruiting and a lot to cover in how to go about playing at the next level after high school. And it's hard to cover all of it in one episode. So we will cover it in bits and pieces. And today will be who should really consider playing in college and when you should consider playing in college. Uh, This is something I have pretty extensive experience with because I've coached hundreds of players who are interested in playing in college. I've run my programs everywhere I've been, 
like a college program. When it's been when I've been at the high school level, I've run it like a college program because I wanted the players who were interested in playing in college to have a little bit easier time once they got to college, a little bit more seamless transition. And the reasoning for that is so when they get there, instead of worrying about the adjustment to how practices work, how coaches work, how programs in college work, they can just focus on competing and earning a spot, making the team, or whatever. Because over the years, we have people who are recruited hard, and they have a spot on a roster already, and we also have people who are picking a school, going to that school, and then hoping to walk on and try out for a team. So we want to always do the best we can for our high school players high school level players so they can have success, especially if they really truly want to play in college. So between players and having my own sons go through this process and having been a college coach who has recruited, I feel that uh, I have some knowledge that I can share with you on this. So um, the first thing is who really should think about playing in college. And in my opinion, there's a few things you have to consider. And you can start considering these things when you're even in little league, middle school, high school. But skill level is one, obviously, right? Skill level is is one. A, a parent or a coach might see something in a player at a young age that looks like he or she has a lot of promise and can do a lot of things athletically. Something that might affect that too is if they have a lineage, if dad or mom were athletes or older brothers were athletes and this particular player is pretty athletic, there may be a good chance that they'll continue to be athletic and be able to play at high levels. Um, One thing to caution, to be aware of, is that especially at the little league level, middle school level, there are players who are great and have tremendous success at that age and there are players who do not have any success are terrible look like they shouldn't even be playing baseball Um, and both of those things can change dramatically as bodies form as mental maturity forms as hard work continues so whatever someone is in little league or middle school and even early years in high school we shouldn't um, consider that gospel we shouldn't consider that that's going to be how they are how their athletic career is going to be because I've seen many people change um, and get better or worse in both directions and a lot of that has to do again with physical growth but also mental growth as well so things to consider when we're at those ages those younger ages are skill as I just talked about love of the game how much do they really love the game? If they're a little leaguer, are they dying to get to the field every time there's a game of practice? Are they in their practice gear, in their uniform, waiting for mom or dad to drive them before it's even time to go? Um, and do they carry that kind of an attitude and a passion and enthusiasm throughout their season, throughout their career to maybe the next level middle school or their early years in high school? And it's critical to identify that passion and enthusiasm and love for the game because if it's not there someone can be a good player someone can have fun playing but they really don't want to pursue deep down the next level so the love for the game is something that parents coaches and anyone around that player should try to be keenly aware of and in addition to that the work ethic Uh, I've had plenty of players that have absolutely loved 
baseball. They have absolutely loved baseball and they've had skill, but they did not have a work ethic. They were great teammates. They were really hard workers in games, but in practices, they did the minimum. They were average. And people would refer to them. Their parents and friends would refer to them as, boy, he is a baseball guy. He loves baseball. And my feeling was always, but does he really love baseball? Does he really want to play at the next level? Because if he does, he's going to be working hard, really hard, in between games and practices. He's going to do everything he possibly can. Now, this is thinking more about the high school level. He's going to be doing everything he possibly can to get better on a daily basis. And that may not mean skills physically. It may mean mental skills. It may be reading about the game. It may be talking to coaches about the game. It may be watching games on TV. That's how you can identify if a player is really potentially uh, got a chance for the next level is if they have those three things, skill, a love for the game, and work ethic. And work ethic is a big one. And sometimes work ethic is developed. They may not have it in Little League. They may not have it in middle school. They may run into a coach in high school who starts to um, demand that of them. And then they develop that work ethic and they fall in love with the process. So if the, if the child, if the player has those three things, then I would, as a parent, continue to nurture that continue to make sure that the player enjoys the game and has fun because if they have fun and they have passion and they're enthusiastic about it, they're going to continue to want to work at it. But if it's shoved down their throat, if they're playing on every travel team that asks them to play, if the parents and the kid can't say no ever and they constantly are doing baseball 24-7 at a very young age, they're going to be tired of it by the time they're in high school and they're not going to want to play at the next level. My theory was always that, especially with my sons, if, if, if I saw a love for it, I would do whatever it took to help them. If they wanted to have a catch, we'd have a catch. If they wanted to go hit, we'd go hit. I wouldn't be the one as a parent saying, hey, we have to hit today. Hey, you didn't hit today. Hey, you didn't throw today. Hey, you didn't feel today. And making them do it five, six times a week. Now, conversely, if they ask me, as tired as I am on a particular day, I'm going to go throw them BP. If they ask me for ground balls or fly balls, I'm going to hit them fly balls or ground balls, no matter how tired I am. Because they are asking me. And I always approached it that way. If they are the ones that are really working at this, then I will help them. And if they really want to play at the next level, I will continue to push them when they want to be pushed. But I would never uh, force them to practice, never force them to play in a particular team they didn't want to play on, and never ever criticize about performance. Occasionally criticize about attitude if I thought it needed it, Occasionally criticize about body language or something like that, but never criticize about performance. Wanted to always instill a love for the game. And the words before every game that my wife and I have always told my sons is go have fun. Not you need to get four hits today. Not you need to do this. Or you need to do that as far as results in the game go. 
need a win, need a win or lose. Go have fun. Enjoy every minute of it. Enjoy your teammates. Enjoy your coaches because that's what you'll miss when you're not playing anymore. So those three things, skill, love of the game, work ethic, and I would strongly advise parents that they should make sure that it's their son or daughter's skill, love for the game, work ethic, and not their own. There are many parents who want their kids to love baseball or love a sport. They want their kids to do well. They want their kids to play at the next level. Uh, And sometimes the parents want it more than the kids. So that is a big thing when identifying how we go about this process of potentially playing in college down the road. And first things first, Little League, do as well as you can. I always say, be where your feet are. Don't worry about middle school or high school when you're in Little League. Just work on being the best you can be, work hard, love the game. Middle school, same thing. And now when you get into high school, that's when you're starting to talk about if you have those three things, skill, love of the game, work ethic, uh, then maybe we start thinking about the college level at that point. And when we start thinking about the college level at that point, what we want to look at is our skill level. What we want to look at is if we're getting some playing time as a young freshman or sophomore. And sometimes that playing time doesn't matter much because if the coach may be a guy who wants to play all seniors and juniors and freshmen just never play or sophomores don't play very much, then it's hard to gauge how good you are. But if you're a player who is pretty good size, um, pretty good skills at a young age, freshman, sophomore, and have those three things we talked about, then we might start thinking about playing in college. So that's the who part of who should consider playing. Uh, Now the when part of this thing. And my best advice is when you are a freshman, sophomore, certainly a junior, if we're pursuing the college thing, those are times that you should be looking at potential showcases. Showcases are events put on by either companies or colleges, and some colleges call them camps, where they will have players go and they will have them hit, throw, run. Occasionally they'll have some mental or psychological questionnaires that you'll answer, but most of the time it's throw, hit, run run the 60-yard dash, um, play in a scrimmage, you're a pitcher, throw a bullpen, pitch to a few batters. And these are good ways to first gauge how good you are compared to other players from other towns and other high schools and get an idea of where you might stand. At an early age, from a freshman and sophomore standpoint, Very few colleges are going to recruit you at that point. However, attending a showcase is a good way to start to get some experience in that area. So when you get a little bit older and you go to these other showcases, you're maybe not as nervous. You know what to expect, those kinds of things. So showcases are run by companies, but they're also run by colleges. And I think a good a good idea is to pick a company that does this like the perfect game or top 96 or something like that you can find them on the internet and go to one of these showcases um, in that way 
And then if there are some colleges that you may be interested in, especially if it's a college, if it's a dream college of yours, maybe it's a local college that you've always watched and admired, maybe you start going to their camps when you're freshman, sophomore, maybe eighth grade if, it, if they offer camps for players that young and you get on their radar. But there are people who go to every showcase possible. They go to every college camp possible, and that's not cost-effective. And I don't think it's very effective for you as a player either. I think you pick a couple of showcases each year, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and you go to one or two of the showcases put on by a company, and you go to maybe one or two showcases put on by colleges. And that's how you really get started. Um, an occasional email at that early age, especially if you're showing promise, especially if you've had some success, is not a terrible idea. Uh, but that's really how to get started early on, the who should get started, when you should get started, and how you identify if you can play in college. Um, again, if you're listening to this and you have questions, you can email us at go6podcast at yahoo.com. That's go, the normal six, at the go, go, the normal six podcast at yahoo.com. And certainly follow us on Twitter at FrozenRope8, and we can answer uh, any questions you want regarding the early on recruiting process, when you, get, when you should get started, how you get started, et cetera. Next time we talk on the Play in College series, we'll be talking about how to approach the showcases and how to communicate with college coaches. That's it for now. We'll be right back. So welcome back to the show. Hey, remember, you can email us at go6podcast at yahoo.com. That's go, the numeral six, podcast at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FrozenRope8. That's at FrozenRope8. And either of those things, you can comment, you can ask questions, you can give a shout out to your team or buddies on your team or whoever. Um, and we'd love to incorporate that into the show. Also, if you're listening on the Anchor podcast or the Apple podcast, you can tap the message button and leave an audible message. And we'll incorporate that right into the show. So again, that can be the form of a shout out to your teammates, a comment or a question. Now it's time for our segment, Major League Baseball Talk, conversation and commentary about the league where they play. 
for pay. So there's still talk on a daily basis about Major League Baseball and when they might resume the season. There was a conversation last week about having all the teams play in Arizona. And I talked about that on a previous episode, but play in Arizona um, and and divide the league up into two different divisions, the Cactus Division and the Grapefruit Division. And, and those two, Cactus and Grapefruit, are the Grapefruit League is in Florida for preseason. The Cactus League is in Arizona for preseason. But there was some talk about doing it that way and having a short maybe 70-game season, um, isolating the players and not having fans. I think, as I said before, any time the Major League Baseball season resumes, it's going to garner a lot of attention, a lot of attention. Uh, We are dying, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, um, we're dying for live sports, live sporting events of any kind. Whether there's fans there, there's not fans there. Whether it's a short season or whether people are going to say, well, this season's not going to mean that much because whoever wins the World Series, there's going to be an asterisk next to their team name. Uh, and maybe that's so, but I think the ratings, TV ratings, will be absolutely through the roof once we resume baseball. I think it's a pretty good idea in some ways to resume it that way because all the players are in the same area. Uh, There are many, many ballparks in Arizona, both spring training, minor league, and major league. And within a 50-mile radius, you're talking about 12, 13 ballparks that we could have games in. The problem with that is there are some players, and uh, I can't say I blame them, and some pretty high-profile players, like Mike Trout, for one, who does not want to conduct a season under those circumstances because if they do that, they're going to isolate the players away from their families for the season. Their families aren't going to be able to come watch the games. The players are going to be in hotels. All the essential personnel to run the games, aside from the players, are going to constantly be tested. If they're in contact with anyone else outside of baseball, those people are going to be tested. So it's going to be pretty much playing the season in a bubble, so to speak. And a guy like Mike Trout, again, I don't, I don't blame him, does not want to be away isolated from his family for that long. It's not worth it to him. So with some high-profile names like him speaking up about that, you may not see that happen. Yesterday, there was talk of resuming the baseball season in one of three states, Arizona, Florida, or Texas, all of which have a lot of ballparks, both minor league, major league, plenty of ballparks, and they would resume the season in one of those three states. And um, Anthony Fossey, the... Uh, doctor who has been speaking on the coronavirus nationwide all the time mentioned that, and he got everybody's hopes up yesterday, that we could potentially have a season, even with fans, as long as they were um, uh, set up in a situation where they were apart from each other. Certainly there wouldn't be 50,000 fans in a ballpark, but there would be um, a way to get fans in and have certain distances and things like that. I don't know how logistically they'd ever do that. So for him to say that, I'm not sure if he's a sports guy or not, but to get people's hopes up is crazy. Um, 
but I feel that it would be great to start the season under a um, really strict protocol like no fans and, and maybe all the games in Arizona like we talked about. The other thing I heard yesterday is that, and, and I love my Mets, but Mets fans, and I love my Mets fans, but Mets fans and Yankee fans are now suing, I think it's Major League Baseball, they're su- suing somebody for not being able to go to the games right now. I mean, you, you have to be kidding. Whatever group of fans or person involved for initiating this lawsuit, you absolutely have to be kidding me. You're going to make a big deal because you can't go to baseball games right now. You're going to want some kind of reimbursement or compensation because you can't go to baseball games right now. That's insane. There are people that don't have jobs right now that aren't making any money at all that are showing up to food banks or uh, food drives to grab some food to help feed their family. There are medical workers who are putting themselves in jeopardy every single day, every single day to help us get through this thing. And yes, it's their jobs and that's a profession they chose, but they did not choose to put their lives at risk every single day with this coronavirus. And we're complaining about baseball games and wanting compensation because we can't attend baseball games. I mean, let's wake up. We, we, you you, you got to wake up. And there was a protest yesterday in Connecticut for uh, people wanting to open up the state again, open up the country, open up Connecticut in particular. Really? I mean, have some patience, have some mental toughness. Let's not jump the gun too early because it'll be a big mistake. And we have people out protesting because they want back to normal. Well, I got news for you. This isn't going to, we're not going to be back to normal. And, and we may never be back to the way it was at all. And baseball in particular, who, who listening to this podcast, and me included, who, who can picture 50,000 people in a park anytime soon? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for quite a while until there's some kind of um, vaccine or there's some kind of uh, medicine that we can take to cure this virus and make sure we have this virus under control in, in all of these different ways. So I want baseball to come back more than anybody. I think it will in some way, shape, or form, but let's be smart about it when we bring it back and we'll really, really enjoy it. So the playlist song of the week is a song that we suggest every week that you add to your playlist. And I've said this before, but I'll mention it again. We can't play it on our podcast because of copyright restrictions, but we like to suggest a song every week that maybe you can go Google or download from wherever you get your music from. So going back to 1986 for this one. 1986, the same year the New York Mets won the World Series. The song is Wanted, Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, arguably one of the greatest bands ever. Arguably the best musical 
group from New Jersey ever, and that includes Bruce Springsteen, in my opinion. It's from, uh, like I said, 1986. It's from an album called Slippery When Wet. When it was released as a single record, people may not know this who, do, who aren't familiar with record players, the other side of the record was a song called Never Say Goodbye. But, of course, Bon Jovi featured John Bon Jovi as the lead singer, but one of the greatest guitarists ever, Richie Sambora, um, and he's just, you listen to any Bon Jovi guitar riffs, he's amazing. And again, known as one of the best guitarists ever. So John Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet is the album. The song is Wanted, Dead or Alive. If you can find it in an acoustic version, it's even better. It's intense. So Google it, add it to your playlist, get inspired. That's the playlist song of the week. So that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for listening wherever you are. Please tell somebody else about the podcast so we can continue to grow. Stay tuned because we'll continue to do our short special edition podcasts in between the weekly podcasts. So I'm going to keep at it, try to get 1% better, and can't wait to be with you next time.